Let's finish session 51 talking about the energy centers and the creator in manifestation. Let's begin. In the last video, we touched briefly on energy centers when we talked about the relationships between the mind and the body, and the mind and the spirit. So we can see where the discussion between Don and Ra was leading to this first question that we have that has to do with energy centers. And it's going to be basically the rest of the session until the last part, which is going to be really fascinating when we sort of retouch on all the information that we've gotten so far in terms of intelligent infinity, intelligent energy, um, the indigo ray or form maker body. So that's going to be really cool. Um, but in terms of energy centers, we're going to start talking about that now, which is the first question that I have here. We left off from uh, the last video and we just finish up. If I remember, we're talking about death and how there was a book, Secrets of the Great Pyramid, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah, Secret, Secrets of the Great Pyramid. And how that related to Ra, we talked about death and what that means and so on. So I think we finish up at a really good point that this is like a new question and it's not like a follow-up directly of that question. So. Let's go straight to it because there's not much to remember from last session that impacts not last session from last video that impacts this second part. So session 51 again and question seven, Don says, you spoke at an earlier time of rotational speeds of energy centers. Am I correct in assuming that this is a function of the blockage of the energy center and the less blocked it is, the higher the speed of rotation, then indicating greater, greater energy in streaming. Ross says you're partially correct. In the first three energy centers, a full unblocking of this energy will create speeds of rotation. As the entity develops the higher energy centers, however, these centers will then begin to express their nature by forming crystal structures. This is the higher or more balanced form of activation of energy centers as the space-time nature of this energy is transmitted to the time-space nature of regularization and balancing. So I'm going to give you my interpretation of this based on what I can understand and visualize myself. So Don's question is if the more we unblock these energy centers, the higher their speed of rotation, because Ra mentioned that the speeds of rotations vary depending on the blockages. So um, it's, a, it's a very specific question, but it does have its, um, its application. To understand how, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm never so much interested in the science of how it works, but rather in how it manifests and what that means for us, as opposed to just thinking, you know, us as machines that have energy centers and they, you know, have different rotational speeds and so on. So. Uh, with that in mind, um, we'll see that Don is asking, you know, the more unblocked you are, the more the higher the speed 
of rotation, almost like a fan, you know, rotating faster and faster. But you see, the energy centers are not, you know, vortices that exist and are simply, you know, rotating higher and higher. They're very individual and they vary uh, greatly within individuals. However, it is true, like uh, Don um, assumed, that some of the energy centers <clears throat> are directly, um, let's say, affected by the blockages and how you know the speed is. And that's why Ron says that he's partially correct because the first three energy centers uh, are kind of like a function of blockage. And this is our, our body, the, the form that we are. This is red, orange, and yellow. They're associated, of course, with our sense of being in the body, the physical body. And yeah, they, I suppose they are, and we're, we're probably going to explore that in better detail in the next question. But here, um, the speeds of rotations is to me how, how we perceive ourselves. And the, the acceptance, of course, of what we are and the understanding, you know, and that's why Ra goes into the other part, which is a little bit more loose and not depending on speeds of rotation, but rather on um, what they say, crystallization. We'll get to that. But first, the first three energy sectors, they are affected by our uh, perception, of course, of of them and how we that would be of course the main things for each three are survival in the lower chakra then in the orange call it red chakra root chakra would be uh, survival uh, sex is here too involved of course because sex is directly <laughs> related to um, to survival then there is identity which is what we play in this society a lot. This is why Raha said that we are an orange-oriented society. I mean, they didn't say it with those words, but it's like our consciousness, our collective consciousness is more towards the orange as opposed to the green. And we are in yellow density. So uh, identity, you can see how many blockages actually exist in terms of preoccupation with our concentration on identity. You can see why identity politics right now is so big because the uh, the purpose of the Orion group, as is expressed by their lackeys here, which is the elite, which is of course the government and so on, um, they reinforce this sort of uh, identity, identification with different things as opposed to you know the unity of everything and finding uh, relatedness, and it's just about division. So. That's why the Orange Center is so big, you know, for negative entities and how they enslave people. So um, this would be a clearance of this identity with things, with bodies, with um, uh, with titles and so on. And then it's yellow. Yellow, it's our acceptance in society. You know, what the contribution to the tribe and so on, like how how, how we relate the self in relation to other. And that would be um, the other self as society, as a group. So that's another thing. And obviously it's quite blocked. So you can see how these blockages are 
important for or they are relevant to to note so for the development of of the mind body spirit complex for the human to evolve spiritually we need to unblock these energy centers it's all about perception how much of your day is um, focus on these energy centers and you can again see as survival how much of that i think in the past year or so we have seen a lot of that in the past couple of years already my god time flies um how much we have emphasized survival which is a global catalyst for people to transcend basically this i feel like um, you, you can see in fact this is so fascinating that you you can see that the global catalyst has been for survival and identity for the past two years i think it's fascinating maybe this year is going to be all about society who knows but there are catalysts and i depending on how people in the collective consciousness has evolved then maybe we'll repeat those catalysts and you know those who have transcend those uh, preoccupations with survival and identity then they will enjoy a newer catalyst so all catalyst is available obviously for each individual uh, person but you can see that right so those are blockages and then uh, the societal self which is again a test of you relating to other and other other selves in general because in identity you're relating to one-on-one -on -one in um, or in orange in yellow or society you're identifying with your inclusion in society as a whole who you are are you are are you the one dominating them are you the one part of them or a collective part of the collective you know service to others or service to self that is the density of choice that's where we are so these are the three lower energy centers and they depend you know they uh, a full unblocking of this energy will create speeds of rotation that is true speeds of rotation in the lower energy centers the speeds of rotation will allow the energy to go up or more energy rather to go up because there's always energy going up um, but it's our preoccupation with these energy centers on a daily basis and that depends on our makeup our mind makeup that you know we'll spend our energy there and those are the blockages you know we'll feel blocked there we'll feel uh, incomplete so as this clears out the energy centers allow uh, full energy to go up then the higher energy centers uh, will begin to express their nature by forming crystal structures this is the higher or more balanced form of activation of energy centers as the space-time okay we'll get to that but see crystallization or to forming crystal structures when you observe crystal structures, they're all they're always different, it's like snowflakes, right? They're all unique because they they form crystal structures. You can see that they're all snowflakes, they're all the same, but they form unique formations. That's what each and every one of us is. You know, in terms of the body, we can always say that we are all actually the same too. There are differences, of course, because that's the purpose of the energy centers to be differentiated too in the lower um, but they don't form as far as i know crystal structures as the the ones above and we'll see that in the details that ross going to give in the next uh question um although i think they have mentioned that there 
Um, I don't know if they ever has said that that's something I need to do my homework. Maybe I'll leave a comment in this video. If they have said at any point that you get crystallized energy centers on the lower ones. But in any case, the expression of the higher ones is really what's important here because we're talking about the expression of the mind and the spirit now. And so um, this is probably going to be a little bit more um, easy to, to visualize when we get into the next question. But when they say here, and this is, this is what fascinates me, when they say, um, this is the higher or more balanced form of activation of energy centers as the space-time nature of this energy is transmuted to the time-space nature of regularization and balancing. So the, the nature of our energy centers in space-time is impacting the energy centers in time-space, of course. But how I see this is how, you see, all our energy centers are connected to our other bodies because we are, I mean, there's only one full body, but the mind, body, spirit, complex, totality, beingness, which is the, the whole collection of all the bodies from one through seven in the densities, they are affected by our energy centers. In fact, we are a manifestation of those bodies here. So we are, that's why catalysm is important for us because we're not working on a physical body, we're working on seven bodies, actually. And the crystallization of those bodies is really, you know, what we're here for. Depending on each and one of those, um, the, the functions of, of those energy, energy centers or energy bodies. At this time, they're synonymous already because we're talking about the relationship in between, between them. So um, this is why I, I feel it's, it's fascinating when they say that the activation of these energy centers, uh, the space-time nature of this energy is transmuted to the time-space nature of regularization and balancing. Um, so that is, that's to me what's happened there. And it's, I don't know, uh, I just find it awesome how we can see ourselves more more and more or less and less humans and more and more a sort of uh, manifestation a spirit and manifestation that is collecting experience to i don't want to use the word improve but evolve rather its own energy centers um, for the purpose of realization of the self because remember and we'll get to this this is this is going to connect beautifully with the last question because we are the creator experiencing itself and the creator is infinite. So it, it needs to create finity. That finity must be manifested in a multiplicity. We can even say an inf <laughs> sounds weird, but the, an infinite multiplicity of beings. And we are one of them. We are one of them in this state, or at least in this density, because we are in all densities. It's, it's, it's false to, to think and say that, oh, I'm just, I may be just an evolving creature of third density. That's almost like taking, you know, the, the idea that, well, I'm just an animal, you know, with consciousness. I'm just a body. <clears throat> so we, we take into consideration that we are a unique 
Snowflake, I know, sounds trite to say, but <laughs> we are a unique snowflake in development, in crystallization. And it really depends on our interaction here in third density, because this is the density of catalyst or those intense catalyst density. And yeah, um, I, don't know, I digress, but I thought it was something to explore. We'll get to more of that at the end with the last question. But question eight, Don says, what do you mean by crystal structures? Really good question. Now Ross gonna give us a trip into the energy centers, each and one of them. Ross says, each of the energy centers of the physical complex may be seen to have a distinctive crystalline structure in the more developed entity. Each will be somewhat different, just as in the world, no two snowflakes are alike. Well, there we go, that's the snowflake. However, each is regular. The red energy center often is in the shape of the spoked wheel. The orange energy center is in the flower shape containing three petals. The yellow center again in a rounded shape, many faceted as a star. The green energy, sometimes energy center, sometimes called the lotus shape, the number of points of crystalline structure dependent upon the strength of this center. The blue energy center, capable of having perhaps 100 facets and capable of great flashing brilliance. The indigo center, a more quiet center which has the basic triangular or three-petaled shape in many. Although some adepts who have balanced the lower energy centers may create more faceted forms. The violet energy center is the least variable and is sometimes described in your philosophy as thousand petaled, as it is the sum of the mind-body-spirit complex distortion totality. First time I actually read <laughs> uh, mind-body-spirit complex distortion totality. What does that distortion mean there? I don't know, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so all right, we get a trip here through the shape of the energy centers. I am not, I, I need to confess, I am not very familiar with, even though I will also confess that I have been fascinated by the energy centers since my spiritual awakening because I felt that they were in an object of study that was so um, relatable to consciousness. It was like a map for me to understand the the conscious being. And I kept making, I mean, at the beginning, I used to make a lot of analogies with them. So, you know, now it just becomes like part of your language. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I wish I would know more in terms of the esoteric knowledge of what these energy centers mean, you know, why, like how I, I, I still don't know. And I'll be, you know, glad to learn eventually when the time comes, how the Hindus discovered these, how the Hindus talked about these. You know, some people may argue it was channeled uh, because they did have different types of channeling, I'm sure. Um, in fact, in Tibetan Buddhism, there is still some channeling, which is um, it's almost like mediated by an oracle and there are other who are laymen who channel. It's just a fascinating topic in and of itself. But I would, you know, I would be glad to know more of this. I just don't know. However, one thing that I can correct myself, and I was wondering, and see, Ross says here that 
um, each of the energy centers of the physical complex may be seen to have a distinct crystalline structure in the more developed entity. So maybe in, in, in a more developed entity, um, what happens is that, see, this is what I see here. The rotations of speed are a function of the unblocking in the lower energy centers. As you release that energy, then your upper energy centers, which are obviously, you know, in, in activation, it's not that they increase in rotational speed, but they start getting their crystalline structure. You are a developing en uh, entity. But as you develop and see, when they say in the more developed entity, that would be somebody who is more developed in their higher energy centers, then possibly the lower ones would start crystallizing uh, as well. I don't know. I'm speculating here. However, they say each will be somewhat different just as in your world. No two snowflakes are alike. I kind of mentioned that already, so not much to say there. It's just, um, you know, that that's the purpose of it. Like, there is no, no, nobody is supposed to be like the other. I mean, that's just, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, we're all supposed to be unique. We're all supposed to be different. And um, this is about, this is not about identity at all. This is about expression as a whole. So we, we encourage variety of expression which you see it's kind of the opposite in our our society we have a everybody must be the same in how we express ourselves meaning that we cannot express ourselves in different ways there there is the way of expressing and talking like political language or political correctness you have to speak your speech must be modified by those who say so. Your um, The things that you do are determined by those who own you and so on. See? But we're all different in terms of physical <laughs> and identity and who you are and so on. So it's... Um, I always love David Icke. I always remember him because he was the first one that I started listening to when I first opened my eyes to this madness of the world. <laughs> that he used to talk about, uh, he talks about the reptilians, which in my books is the Orion group, uh, that they invert things. And I love it, they used to, used to make this move. <laughs> they invert, invert, um, inversion uh, of things. And this is exactly what's happening here. We can see it, you know, there is, uh, there is repression of expression because they want you to think one way but there is multiplicity of variety of personalities, not personalities, well, personalities, it's actually a right word because we're talking about a character that's being played, a persona. And, you know, that's that's what's being you know, promulgated. But in any case, you can see the inversion here. It's the opposite. You know, we realize that our bodies and everything is just, you know, it's it's simply, we're all humans. That's it. That's all we need to care about. We're all humans. And we think, we think. We are aware that we are aware. That's all that matters. And beyond that is, you know, how do you express the beauty of being aware? You know, how do you express the um, the knowledge that you are God, that you are a divine being, that you are an expression of the divine, actually. You're not a divine being. You know, that sounds like ego <laughs> wanted to say, hey, that's me. Um, but in any case, all right, so they say, um, okay, however, each is regular, each energy center is regular. 
the red energy center and they're regular i guess in their shapes now there's a couple of things that we can extrapolate from here red energy center often is in the shape of the spoked wheel okay so keep this in mind we're going to talk about the um check the relatedness that exists between one three five or red uh, yellow and blue primary energy centers and then two four six which is orange green and indigo um the male are the um one three five two four six is female and there is the other characteristic that I like to associate with this is that they are inwards and outwards. So the 135 is outwards, the 246 is inwards. So there are relationships in between them. You know, there are, they're called lines and um, in the energy center studies. Uh, lines between 135, 246, Scott Mandelker does a great job explaining this. And when, um, when we see the first one being a wheel, round, okay? Now that's the red. The orange is described as a flower shape containing three petals. Flower, okay? So keep those two in mind. Now we go to the yellow energy center, which is rounded shape just like the red one, many faceted as a star. Okay, so now we have another, now the spoked wheel has, you know, it's those spokes in the wheel. So it has, it's, it could be seen also as a star, if you think about it, you know, it has that. But I don't know, a star, if you, you know, the, the many faceted as a star, a star is, is round, you know, seen by humans, but, you know, we kind of see the brilliance, right? And so the brilliance starts to show outwards, right? And that is, you know, uh, coming out of the star. In fact, you know, I don't know how you painted the sun as a kid, but I used to paint, you know, a little circle and then kind of like the flames of the sun coming out, <laughs> which is kind of accurate. So that is a many faceted, many faceted as a star. So that's the first relationship that we find between one and three. And we'll see what five, uh, but now let's find two and four. Now remember, two was three petaled as a flower. Now let's say the green energy, which is the one corresponding to two, the green energy center, sometimes called the lotus shape. Lotus is a flower. The number of points of crystalline structure depending upon the strength of the center. So we see another flower in the green. And uh, the number of points of crystalline structure, it seems almost like as they, as we go up in the energy centers, they, they seem to have a more um, possibility of having a crystalline structure and points and so on. The way it's described, at least, you know, the way I see it. So now we have the blue energy center, which should correspond with three and one, like I said, primary colors. The blue energy center capable of having perhaps 100 facets and capable of great flashing brilliance great flashing brilliance is to me again it's not a flower shape but is it's very faceted now we're going like really high you know energy it's like very intense and the flashing brilliance sounds like a star to me again so just like um in three we have a star 
and in the first one we have a spoke wheel I know I'm getting a little bit they're round see and that's to me what I connect here I know it's a little far-fetched with the blue one but the great flashing brilliance is you know to me is like a star now the indigo, which should relate to 214, they say it's a more quiet center, which has the basic triangular or three petal, just like the two or orange shape in many, although some adepts who have balanced the lower energy centers may create more faceted forms. So there are more facets to this that can be created, but it's usually in a three petal shape, which again correlates with, uh, with orange. Um, again, this this is nothing to say, you know, wow, this is super useful, but it's only to see the relationship that exists between them because in our experience, those, the work that we do, and again, not to go all, you know, abstract here with the relationships and the lines and energy centers, but to relate it to what they mean. So let's go with 135. 135 is supposed to be an outward, to me, it's an outward experience and it's an outward exploring say outward exploring in first density you are manifesting i'm talking about the whole creation it's it's matter manifesting matter becoming alive let's say and in our lower energy center and our first energy center that's what we're doing we're matter becoming alive we know that we are alive survival survival doesn't mean you know fighting for your life <laughs> survival just means you know being alive so being alive is the first realization. I am alive. You know, that in fact, the I is the first thing that describes aliveness. You know, I, to, for me to say I, I must be alive. You know, that's the first realization. So it's an outward experience. I need to know that there's something out there for me to be, to be. And now uh, the orange center, it's more about identity, like I said, and what is, uh, what does the creation do in second density? It creates, it creates identification between matter. You know, it starts uh, branching out. It creates. So now we have multiplicity of things. That is animals, plants, and um, these are all manifest, and they're realizing that they exist. So their work is to realize that they are actually something different from everything else. Identity. From there, in their realization of knowing that there's something in nature, they develop three or yellow ray, which is the um, humanness, the consciousness of self, the awareness of awareness. You are aware that you are aware. That is that is the gift and it's also the demise of humans. Um, they are aware that they are aware. So the uh the yellow again it's it's going outwards it's saying okay now that i am aware that i am aware what's going on you know and you go out and you express yourself as as the being that you are and you're supposed to either control and manipulate others to see them as tools and gadgets for yourself or to become like themselves um to be them to melt with them and that would open uh the green energy center, which again is um, introspective. It's all about accepting, accepting reality. It's, it's about developing unconditional love. That is the great work that it's been done in the whole universe. It's about accepting everything, unconditional acceptance. 
but unconditional acceptance is all an inward process. It's I take it, you know, it's a female, see how it's inwards. And it takes it. And it doesn't stop there. Then we go into the expression of it. How do we express this unconditional love and how we organize it as well. To express it, we need to organize it. We need to be creators. And this is why blue um, or fifth density, blue energy center is about co-creation. You are co-creating with unconditional love. It's how you express this, how you express the acceptance of everything. And then indigo is once again, you know, a balance is an introspective work. So this, this is why, you know, when we realize that this is what we're doing constantly or the potential that we can do, like I said, most people on earth are really focused on the first three energy centers, if anything, it, at most. Um, and they're not pretty aware of the work that can be done in the higher energy centers. And this is why, this is what, you know, the great lessons and the great teachings of our masters, you know, are directed towards. Uh, they don't talk, not all masters talk about this stuff because it's not necessary. But when you analyze them, you see that they're talking about the same thing. You know, metaphysics is just a very complex and abstract way of understanding humanness. It's, um, you know, it doesn't go beyond any of, of our ancient masters at all. It is a, like I said, a very complex way of talking about this. For us people who love to complicate things, we can enjoy it this way. You know, it's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, but it's just what it is, you know. So in any case, that's it. And now the violet energy center is the least variable and is sometimes described in your philosophy as thousand petals. This in your philosophy, uh, Ra means the Hindu philosophy, that is Sahasrara, the thousand petal chakra. Uh, as, is, as it is the sum of the mind-body-spirit complex distortion totality, we know this by, of course, in our metaphysics, is the summation of all the other energy centers. And I, I love that it is, um, is um, it's a petal because it's uh, it's almost like a, a reunion of of all the other other energy centers. So it is for whatever reason is is in its shape in petals, um, but it encompasses everything. That's all we need to know. So I always love the violet uh, energy center because it's a. Uh, it's such a different one from from the others. I, I the all the only one that relates to it, or the only two that really, <laughs> one is directly related and the other one is loosely related, is the indigo because it's the portal between obviously six and seven, and then red because it's in a way it's the portal. If you see um, from violet to red, it's only one step in the scale of colors, right? So you know it's uh, it's the next octave too. So they are related too. So that's kind of loosely related, but you can see how you can connect it. And if anything, it's just a summation of um, the other five. I would even say that because even for harvest, Ra says that red and violet ray are kind of static, that they, they can see how much energy is going through the red and how much is being manifested or not how much, but how well balanced that energy that is being received is. And for consideration of harvest, that is what they check. They don't need to see, you know, the specifics of your green ray or your orange or your blue. 
not at all or even your indigo see so it's all about the violet ray because it's it's a reflection of what's been it's almost like i see it almost like the red ray is injecting energy depending on the amount of energy it's not about quantity of energy but how much of that is balanced and the balance can be seen in the violet ray because it's um i forgot to use the the word they use their um spectrogram i think it was the violet can be seen almost like a spectrogram where you can see you know basically all the colors and say this is balanced this is not balanced or this is balanced but doesn't have enough energy and you know this has enough energy and is properly balanced um or they see the buddha and they say whoa oh there he goes <laughs> there goes the buddha um so yeah that is it um oh it's beautiful i love talking about this so question nine don says right now i feel a feeling at the indigo center if this center were totally activated and not blocked at all would i then feel nothing there ross says this query if answer would infringe upon the law of confusion and um i suppose <laughs> this is um not i think if don would have asked you know if somebody feels you know but because he said i am feeling then rise like you have to figure that out yourself but i think it's safe to assume um that if you have a, a feeling in an energy center then there's something going on there there's a knocking on the door uh, blocking maybe too too much of a hard word for it but you know just there's something going on there that you need to pay attention maybe you know something going on right now i remember getting my, my indigo would be you know pulsing sometimes when i was doing some um it was a session like a therapy session that i was doing with a, an energy healer and at that time i didn't really believe in this stuff i was you know i was just starting here and i remember just being there and saying like all right this guy wants to do some stuff in me you know go ahead you know do your your magic uh, but yeah sometimes i would just feel it and I, that was alarming to me because i said like okay i don't believe much in this but why is my forehead you know pulsing like this uh, so I'm sure that I had, you know, some big blockages that were causing that. And Raha said that there is a diffusion of, and you know, that which you feel as tingling uh, or images. Yeah, we talked about it. I think it was last session or was last video. I don't know. Uh, there is like it dissipates the energy. It's like splashing. What you're feeling is the the, the collision of the energy, and the splashing can be the tingling or the images. So I would say, yes, I think there was some blockage there. But Ra says, you know, if they answer it, it would infringe upon the law of confusion. The law of confusion is the same as the law of free will, because the free will is something that you have for your evolution. Nobody can, well, the Orion group <laughs> can do that, and they do so. Um, but, um, you know, any positive being doesn't want to infringe upon free will, because that's that's your opportunity for growth and they they will be learning it for you they will um giving they'll, they'll give you the information without you having to do any sort of work and that would be an absence of experience and this whole creation is for the purposes of experience so there we go question 10 is the last one i have and 
really fascinating because we're gonna just revisit some concepts and vocabulary that sh you should be familiar with at this point. So, uh, Don says, immediately after the death of the physical body, you have stated that the, I believe I'm correct in saying that, primary activated body is the indigo and you stated that it is the form maker. Why is this so? Can you answer that? So why is the indigo body the ones that's activated after death? Ra says, this will be the last full query of this session of working. The indigo body may be seen to be an analog for intelligent energy. It is in microcosm, the logos. The intelligent energy of the mind-body-spirit complex totality draws its existence from intelligent infinity or the creator. This creator is to be understood both in macrocosm and microcosm to have, as we have said, two natures. The unpotentiated infinity, which is intelligent, this is all there is. Free will has potentiated both the creator of us all and ourselves as co-creators with intelligent infinity, which has will. This will may be drawn upon by the indigo or form-making body and its wisdom used to then choose the appropriate locus and time and type of experience which this co-creator or sub-sub-logos you call so carelessly a person will take. So, we have a lot to unpack here. The first one is that uh, Ross says, as usual, uh, there's a joke that I've said a couple of times and it's a, it's a running joke that I actually read somewhere, I forgot where. Um, I think it was at lawof1.info, Toby Willock might have mentioned it. <clears throat> When they say that rock can't count beyond one, <laughs> because see, like this is a good example. They say um, there there are two natures, and they say the unpotentiated infinity, which is intelligent, that is all there is, and that's it. They don't say anything else. <laughs> so it is assumed that the next paragraph is actually uh, the second part, but I can infer, safely infer, I think. And what they mean is, um, we'll get to that because we need to we need to settle down with this. Where do we start? I actually did a drawing back here in the board uh, just to visualize this. I don't know if you can see it there, but it's not. I mean, there's not much to see there, anyways. A couple of concepts that we need to remember here: intelligent infinity, intelligent infinity. Let's just say, infinity is the nature of reality. Okay, this is infinite. The creation is infinite. That is that is an axiom. You know, we don't need to validate it with science because science is predicated upon the, the compartments. You cannot absorb infinity in a finite mind. So um, let's just get rid of science for a little bit and just go into rational thinking actually infinity is all there is now infinity is intelligent because it's not just a simple sea of infinity of something it's intelligent because it has properties not even properties it, it has the ability to become finite so that is intelligence that is intelligent infinity I know Ra mentions here in one point, because they say intelligent infinity or the creator. 
I think it's a way to see the creator, but I don't think Intelligent Infinity is the creator itself. Not that I think I know what the creator is, but I just don't know if Intelligent Infinity, within the context of the Law of One and what we talk about, can be described as, you know, the, because if we have a concept of Intelligent Infinity, then we think we have a concept for the creator. I think this is where I want to go, not to say that, you know, Ra is wrong or anything, but, you know, Basically, I'm saying don't confuse whatever concept we can give to Intelligent Infinity with the Creator. You cannot conceptualize the Creator because the Creator is infinite. <laughs> and whatever conceptualization that you make is finite. So you can never have a name for the Creator. Okay, so we have Intelligent Infinity. Now, what happens with Intelligent Infinity? Intelligent Infinity uh, manifests, okay, first it has free will. So we're going to read this here. Okay, I'm giving you my description and then we're gonna reread it again and it's gonna make much, much more sense. So, Intelligent Infinity has will, has free will. Free will meaning that it can do, and it indeed will do, anything it wants because it's infinite. And that means the creation. That is what the octaves are here for, which is just experience after experience, an infinite amount of experiences in infinite amount of octaves. That's what the creation is doing. That's what the creator is basically existing for. It's a, it, it's an unending, an unending ecstasy that it's living because it's infinite. And that's just, you know, that's just who we are. We're infinite. So this intelligent infinity now to manifest itself creates, you know, with love light creates what we know as intelligent energy. Intelligent energy can be seen as the potentiated uh, intelligent infinity. It's intelligent infinity in manifestation, okay? So intelligent energy now is equated to sixth density. Sixth density is now talking about our model of the law of one. We know that from the abstract of intelligent infinity, there is manifestation into intelligent energy that intelligent energy becomes this sort of proxy for intelligent infinity to manifest the creation. Simple as that. And I think that's what I try to put here on the board where, you know, it's simply intelligent infinity and I just painted the top, you know, it's intelligent infinity, but it's obviously, you know, everywhere. And uh, intelligent energy being like, you know, the, uh, the manifested portion, okay? of intelligent infinity and from sixth density which is intelligent energy it's like a sea of intelligent energy that's how you can probably visualize intelligent uh sixth density intelligent energy is the form maker body because that's in intelligent energy is making everything the whole manifestation of light love is intelligent energy it is the um i don't want to say patterns because patterns is just a feature of intelligent energy. I don't want to say, you know, the energy, the manifested energy that we see, because that's just a pattern of intelligent energy. Everything here in the creation is intelligent energy, which again is a manifestation of intelligent infinity. So you can see that there are no there are no parts, but there are contractions of the same thing. And so I like the word modulations. Modulation is simply how you um, you shape what is. And what is, is just infinity. So for the purposes of having a finite universe or an apparent finite universe, then we need to modulate it, okay? So with that in mind, 
we're going to go into why the indigo body is the one where we go to okay forget about the other bodies for now we're in, we are in uh on a trip to intelligent infinity and intelligent energy which is the two things that we need to understand to visualize the creation as a in a sort of momentum that it, the creator has so let's reread the thing is that this is all over the place here okay so they say the indigo body may be seen to be an analog an analog for intelligent energy so the indigo body residing in sixth density is an analog for intelligent energy so you can see that's why if you can see on the board i have a little you know um what color is that violets purple sort of <laughs> that is um should be indigo so imagine it's indigo right there's a sea of indigo and the body itself is an analog for intelligent energy it's almost like you know intelligent energy is present well our indigo body is present in intelligent energy so that is the analog it is in microcosm okay microcosm being the um holographic nature of the creator so i am a microcosm uh, of the macrocosm or put in other words by ra i am a co-creator of the creator or even better sub sub logos of the logos in any case we're talking holographic here so that's what they mean it is in microcosm the logos the the indigo body is in microcosm the logos so it's like the logos manifested in the microcosm now the logos is the one that manifests the seven densities okay it's um uh, the logos is intelligent energy in it in and of itself but it's manifesting the whole seven um, densities just like the indigo is manifesting basically the um the entity itself right um they also mention there's so much that they say here it's, it's unbelievable um so the intelligent energy of the mind body spirit complex totality okay the intelligent energy of the mind-body-spirit complex totality, which is seven density, draws its existence from intelligent infinity. So again, you know, intelligent infinity is what's powering up this creation. So what is the mind-body-spirit totality complex uh, doing? It's drawing from intelligent infinity its existence or the creator from intelligent infinity or the creator. Here's where they mix intelligent infinity and the creator which is, you know, that which is infinite. Um, so it's creating itself, the indigo, um, rather the the totality being this, right? It's, it's drawing from there. That's intelligent energy. This creator is to be understood both in microcosm and microcosm, okay? The creator that they just talked about, the one creator, the uh, one, the one creator. So, to have, as we have said, two natures. Okay, now they're describing the two natures of the creator. And this is, again, directly related to intelligent energy and intelligent infinity. So, pay attention to this. Two natures are the unpotentiated infinity, which is intelligent, that's intelligent infinity. And the second one, which I believe is the next paragraph, is when they mention um, 
free will, and of course, the um, this would be the inertia, right? Because this is the unpotentiated in, in, uh, infinity or intelligent infinity. Those are the two natures of the creator, whether you know the the one creator or the co-creator that you are. Um, that is uh, that is all there is. Intelligent infinity, of course, yes. And the second nature is that which is manifested or the potentiation of that unpotentiated intelligent infinity. Hope you're following me here. Hope I didn't lose you. <laughs> Rewind if you have to. But it's just different ways of talking. And I will try to simplify here as I always try with the human body and the mind. I'll get to that. So they say free will has potentiated both the creator of us all Right? Free will has potentiated the creator, the one infinite creator, and also ourselves as co-creators. So free will is really the first distortion. It is the uh, the one that potentiates, the one that creates. Free will is that function of creation between the one creator, or not between, for the one creator and for ourselves too. Remember, we're talking holographic here, so it's the same free will that uh, we have is the creator that has this will may be drawn upon by the indigo so this will is drawn upon this would the, the will of um actually no let me this is another part of it god you really have to read the law of one would care so i'm gonna reread the first line of this paragraph and you'll see two things they say, free will has potentiated both the creator of us all and ourselves as co-creators. Okay, that's free will, which is tapped, right? And um, with intelligent infinity, which has will. This will is the specific one, and this is the one they're going to talk about. So there is free will, and then there is our specific will. I hope this is not confusing. I'll try to, I'll try my best to explain this. Because they say, this will may be drawn upon by the indigo or form-making body and its wisdom used to then choose the appropriate locus and type of experience which this co-creator or sub-sub-logos you call so carelessly a person will take. So before I get into the manifestation finally of the body, which is really you know, what Donald's question was, uh, and Raj is giving a whole, you know, um, a whole cathedra of this and <laughs> okay so free will is simply the freedom try to imagine the pool of freedom of that we have to will something to do something it is infinite will free will and will is the focus the narrow focus focus that we have now, of course, it's not that we don't have free will. Free will is all there is. But we as focus or foci, we are uh, directing free will, if, if, if you will. <laughs> um, so you see, imagine that free will is all, you know, our nature behind us. And we are a focus of that, always choosing, always selecting and always developing something within infinity. So... Think about it this way too. Imagine there is a, um, a a dome structure, and it's all dark. Outside, there is sunlight, 
and we drill a hole. Now this hole is going to focus the energy of the sun, which we are. That is free will. And it's going to focus it on inside the dome, which is the creation. Now, instead of having, you know, infinite light outside, we have a specific focus of light. That is what we call the will. When we have specific will. Now, of course, this is a very, very simplistic way because now you can use it as how we create things because this will is a creation. And so we create with will, at will. So, um, but it illustrates how, you know, free will, the way they explain it here, when they say free will has potentiated both the creator of us all and ourselves as co-creators with intelligent infinity, which has will. This will may be drawn upon by the indigo, right? The indigo would be like the dome that's making the hole and by its wisdom used to then choose the appropriate locus, which is just, I don't want to say place because that would be a, a place or um, yeah, place in our space time and type of experience, which this co-creator, it's basically the incarnation. It's going to determine the incarnation that uh, you call so carelessly a person. <laughs> so um, I'll finish with that. That word person is funny because we think we are a person. And indeed, we have been uh, shown or indoctrinated that we are a person. In fact, I think is, you know, the truth is hidden in plain sight when we ask ourselves who we are. Are we a person? Or if we're not a person, then what are we? But what is a person? A person is a character. It's a play. So, and this, this is rightfully so, because we all play a character, but we are not the character. It's like the actor being lost in the character that they're playing. So, um, let me finish it here and we'll revisit this part because I think conclusion is going to be that. So, our conclusions are going to be derived from the first who we are. I, I think that's, that's a question that we should ponder on every day because we never have a clear answer. We'll never have a clear answer. And it's that pondering that really reveals our nature rather than who we are. It reveals our nature. So with the energy centers, we kind of explored, you know, how they relate to our consciousness, to who we are and how we relate to society and others, which is really what the play is right now. Speaking of play, <laughs> we're here to test ourselves in this environment to find acceptance of others, not to find acceptance, their acceptance of us, <laughs> to accept them, to find acceptance in our hearts of everybody else. So, you know, I think that's the greatest lesson. Yes, we can talk about, you know, the expression of the co-creator and the indigo ray and all this stuff. I think at this point is it's quite enough to just focus on um, discovering who we are. That's the, that, I think that's the biggest lesson in third density. There is no, I mean, in fourth density, fifth, we know already what we are. We know the nature of ourselves and we work with that nature. 
Here, we don't know. We're still battling with this. You know, th this is supposed to be the greatest lesson. We haven't even gotten that. We got religion, we got science, we got, you know, philosophies of all kinds. We have psycho uh, analysis and so on. We're not sure. <laughs> we don't have the slightest idea who we are as a collective. Of course, we do have the teachings, uh, thousands of years old teachings that tells us, you know, who we are or the nature of ourselves rather, not who we are. The who we are is a question that would lead you to nothingness and it would reveal the nature of ourselves. And the nature of ourselves is the same one. So that is the key thing. See? So again, we discovered that, uh, kind of explore that with the energy centers. But I think this last um, this last part is, is really nails it, you know, with um, explaining. I mean, I think it's a little... Uh, it's, it's too esoteric, you know, the whole explanation of intelligent infinity and intelligent energy. That's not very useful, to be honest. Um, funny enough, <laughs> I, I mean, it's fascinating to me. I love it because it's a way for me to understand the science. I think this is why I love the raw material, because no other material will explain scientifically, or at least in a scientific way, metaphysics. So the science of metaphysics I don't think we'll ever find something like this, you know, at least in our era. Maybe in a new era, uh, we'll get some more information. Maybe, you know, the population will start studying this as, as a hobby, you know, as something to enjoy the creation with, as opposed to, you know, the, the madness that we have right now. But for now, this is what we have, and I love enjoying it. So the last part that I want to continue on with the, uh, with the conclusion of this last question was the person that, and I love how Ross says, um, first, they're talking about the indigo form making, which is already, right, well, I explained how the form maker body is a manifestation of intelligent infinity and its purpose is just to create a unique snowflake, say. Uh, that's all it's doing. You know, that's the aspect of the creator. It's making different holograms of itself, which is all of us in our different aspects from first to seven density. So that is the purpose of the indigo ray body. And, you know, with its wisdom, which depends upon, you know, its experience and everything that has collected, uh, will use, you know, the appropriate understanding for selecting the locus and type of experience, which is the locus would be, you know, the moment in space time that it's going to incarnate and um, the moment and place as well as the experience that it's going to have. And, you know, we're talking about this this divine, you know, uh, manifestation of the creator. And Ra says, you know, uh, which is the co-creator or sub-sub-logos, as we explained already, that you call so carelessly a person. So, you see, a person is, it's a, it's a dramatic act, which again, you know, say the Hindus, their whole mythology is based upon, you know, reality being a play. It's dramatic. It's a, uh, it's the creator using its many masks. And it, quite right, person comes from persona. Persona meaning mask or the um, the mask that was used, you know, in in Greek uh, theatrics for. Um, for a play, 
So a person really is, it's not you, you know, we do identify with a person, that's the ego. That's why we have been driven to identify ourselves with, you know, the, the person. You are a person. In fact, there's even something more, this is really deep in terms of the, the people that like um, studying the government and all these things. There is, there's something that's beyond my understanding and I really didn't want to get into because it just becomes very bizarre. But when you get um, a, your certificate of birth is a sort of contract where you are, um, you are fictionally killing the natural being that you are and subscribing to the the government which is all you know it's all play to be as oh it's all for the purpose of jurisdiction and legality and all this stuff and in reality what's happening is it's fascinating this is uh i forgot the word that is used but it's like moratorium or something that means you know death of the natural being and it's almost like you're you're signing up that you're becoming a person and that's why they assign you a social security or a ID number depending on where you live or whatever so you are assigned something you know it's almost like the branding of the cow <laughs> so this is all you know for for legality but again you are assigned a person a persona but you are not that you know it, that's just the government saying and of course you know you're supposed to have a name you know kids sometimes don't have names and cultures and they develop their names you know it's almost like an added thing it's like oh you you have to be called something so what do you want to be called or maybe the parents realize you know oh this guy you know it's fast you know we'll call him whatever in their language so it's it's something to also explore and think about not on the government side that you know for people that love it go ahead but in the internal side like if you all your life believed that you were a person then the question is who are you now and that is the great question so that's all i got uh session 51 is over we're gonna get into session 52 next week thank you so much for watching and enjoying this thank you for liking subscribing and supporting the channel uh if you can and want it's not necessary this content will always be available and i'm going to do this and much more because i just love doing this uh, but it's a way for to contribute the best way you can contribute is to share though if you have friends i don't have friends but if you can be my friend and you want to share with other friends that you may have go ahead share the channel share the love thank you again for watching and i'll see you in the next video